We've been told for years that grazing, eating every couple of hours, will rev up your metabolism. And yeah, that can work for some people, but for most people, once you're over 40, it becomes a whole different ballgame. Welcome to Rev Your Metabolism with Alicia Murphy. I'm Alicia, your host, creator of Stress Monkey Fitness, The Rev Method, and your go-to health coach for being super fit and unstoppable after 40. With 15 years of rocking the fitness and nutrition industry, plus overseeing the wellness program for a major shoe company, I'm here to share my knowledge with you. Are you ready to join me on an exciting journey to restore your metabolism, boost your health, and turn back the aging clock? On this podcast, we'll unlock the secrets to boundless energy, burning more fat naturally, and feeling confident in your own skin. Get ready to soak up simple yet powerful strategies that will transform your health and fitness game. These tips will be a game changer, so hang on to your hats and glasses. And do not forget to hit that follow button so you won't miss any of our amazing tips and tricks. All right, let's rev it up. Hey there, welcome to the Rev Your Metabolism podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. So today we're going to talk about three common nutrition mistakes for women over 40 that you'll want to avoid. And here's what happened. The last episode we did, I talked about the six common weight loss mistakes that I see often in women over 40. And and then I threw in a bonus, seventh, seventh mistake. And then afterwards I thought, oh my gosh, there were three other things that I really should have talked about, and they're all nutrition-based. So here we go. This is kind of a part two. Um, if you haven't heard the last episode yet, episode two, you might want to go back and listen to the six big weight loss mistakes in women over 40 that I see often. But for today, let's get rocking and rolling, talking about These three common nutrition mistakes to avoid for women over 40. Now, I want to say before we get started in this, and you're going to hear me say this a lot, my sweet rever, but it's very important to understand and to remember that one size does not fit all, right? You, You are as unique on the inside as you are on the outside, I'm not here to tell you exactly which habits you should build or the best choices for you. You know your life and what would work for your circumstances way better than I ever could. My goal with the Rev Your Metabolism podcast is to give you ideas, tools, and strategies so that you can make your own choices and adapt these tools and strategies to your lifestyle. So let's remember that as we're, as we're moving through today's episode and future episodes that one size does not fit all. 
Here we go. Mistake number one. All right. <laughs> Eating every couple of hours throughout the day. What you might call snacking, grazing. This is the funny thing. Back in the day, I used to tell my clients to do this, to eat every couple hours. This, you want to be grazing because it'll keep your metabolism revved up. Well, knowing what we know now about the metabolism and specifically knowing about the metabolism in women over 40, I would never give this advice today. And, and we got to understand something. This is, this is a big thing to focus on whenever we're talking about this new research coming out, you know, when it comes to fitness and nutrition is that this is a fairly young industry, right? There's a lot of things that we don't know. Things that we thought back in the 90s even are completely different now. And who knows, 10 years from now, hopefully we'll have evolved and learned even more. Also, the other thing you have to take into account is the state of the majority of Americans when it comes to health and fitness. Think about 30 years ago versus now. People are way less healthy than they were 30 years ago. So the things that the individuals in the health and fitness in nutrition industry are going to say is going to also need to evolve and reflect the changes that we're seeing in the typical American. Having said that, let's talk about this idea of snacking. And again, what I said, one size does not fit all. So if you're someone who says, I'm snacking, I eat every couple hours, it works for me, that's great. But I'm going to explain why the idea of eating every couple hours is most likely not beneficial for most people over 40. But I'm also going to talk about who it might be good for. Before I get into that, I just want to mention, I can see where this idea of snacking to keep your metabolism revving along came from. And I'm not going to go too deep down this rabbit hole because you're going to hear me say this so much. I will be doing a future episode we're going to be talking in one episode about the four things that determine how many calories you burn in a day. But I want to touch on one of those things right now, and that is called the thermic effect of food. And it simply means this. Whenever you eat food, your metabolism has to speed up a little bit in order to process that food, in order to digest the food, in order to send out the nutrients. So you can kind of see where back in the day we thought, okay, well, if you're eating every couple hours, you're going to keep getting this little bump in your metabolic speed. The problem is this. It's, it's not a big enough increase in your metabolism function to offset what could actually be disruptive for your metabolism. And that's what I'm going to explain right now. All right. Now, continuous snacking. And again, I'm talking to people specifically over 40, or if you're somebody who has, you know, metabolic issues, or maybe you're just very inactive, 
The problem with snacking every couple of hours is this. When we eat food, and I'm going to really oversimplify this explanation, but when we eat food, especially carbohydrates, your body has to release the fat storage hormone, insulin, in order to lower your blood sugar. So you eat food, and again, especially carbohydrates, it makes your blood sugar rise, and then your body needs to send out the hormone insulin because insulin is going to take the sugar from the blood and go deliver it to the liver or the muscles or fat cells to be stored as fat. All right, so we understand so far. We eat, blood sugar elevates, insulin comes and takes the sugar and goes and delivers it to different parts of the body. So here's, here's the deal. Until that insulin is done doing its job and your insulin levels can return back to balance to a normal level, your body cannot tap in to fat as fuel, right? So that's, that's a big problem, problem number one. How long does it take for your insulin levels to come back down to a balanced level? It depends on what you ate, but it could be anywhere from two to four-ish, maybe even more, but let's just say two to four hours, all right? Two hours being if you did not eat carbs or if you barely ate any carbs, all right? Most likely, it's going to be more like three to four hours. So you see already what the problem is here. If you're somebody who is interested in losing fat and you're snacking every couple hours, you're going to see how this can be a problem because you eat and then you have a rise in your blood sugar, insulin gets released, insulin hasn't come back down to the normal balance level, two hours later you're eating again. It's like this constant release of insulin every couple hours. Your blood sugar is never coming back down to a balance and your insulin's never coming back down to a balance. So that's problem number one is by snacking every couple hours, you could possibly be actually not allowing your body to tap into stored fat to be used as fuel. All right, problem number two is you're having a constant hit on your blood sugar, right? If you're eating every couple hours, it's blood sugar goes up, blood sugar goes up, blood sugar goes up. And this can lead to something called insulin resistance. And again, don't worry if you know, you're not super, super hip and savvy on what I'm talking about, because I will do an episode completely dedicated to this. But for now, just wrap your mind around the idea. If you're somebody who either struggles with blood sugar issues, or you think your metabolism is out of sync, we talked about that in episode number one, or you are like, I want to lose some extra fat off my body, the idea of snacking is not going to be of benefit for you. Now, really quick, again, I want to track back to is your metabolism out of sync? If you haven't listened to episode one yet, that's what we talk about. You might want to go check it out. Um, I, just, I talk about the problem with you know counting calories or doing these other strategies, and then the whole time your metabolism is out of sync that's where you want to put all your attention first. You really, really want to learn about your metabolism and you want to learn 
how to give your metabolism some love. That's, that's really step one. So I created a quiz. Some of you probably have already taken the quiz. I'm going to tell you where to go to get it, but you can also go to the show notes below this episode, whatever podcast you're listening to this on or even on my website. There's a link to the quiz as well. You can just go down to the show notes and click the link. But if you'd rather go there yourself, it's Stress Monkey, and the monkey is spelled E-E rather than E-Y. So stressmonkey.com slash quiz. And that will, it's just a quick little quiz you can take to see if, okay, maybe I do need to focus on my metabolism. All right, so who could use snacking? There is, of course, people that would benefit from snacking. First of all, younger people, because they have an efficient metabolism. They're generally more active. They have a better muscle-to-fat ratio, Um, So they're going to be better off snacking. They need that constant fuel. They need that constant source of energy. Endurance athletes are going to need to be snacking more. Women who are pregnant or breastfeeding are going to need to be snacking more. People who struggle with low blood sugar issues are most likely going to be needing to snack more. So you can see that there are certain demographics where, yeah, we... Snacking is a great idea, grazing every couple of hours. But again, for the majority of people, especially people over 40 who are probably starting to see some type of blood sugar issues, who are probably starting to have some metabolic disturbances, the idea of eating every couple hours is not a good idea. I recommend having meals with protein, fiber, healthy fat every three to four hours. So you want to be eating enough in your meals that you feel satisfied because the idea is to go three to four hours. It's old school, baby. Think about the way that our grandparents ate. They weren't snacking every two hours, right? They were having three meals a day and then maybe dessert right after dinner. That was it. So that's mistake number one. Mistake number two is insufficient fiber intake. Not getting enough fiber. You may or may not know this, but I oversee the wellness offerings at Skechers headquarters. And so anybody listening right now from Team Skechers, what up? And they hear me say this all the time. Get on the fiber train. You want to get on the fiber train. So let's talk about the importance of consuming enough fiber in your diet. And, you know, okay, listen, if you're my age, back in the day, we were told fiber keeps you regular, right? That was pretty much what we used fiber for, was to keep regular. Well, I got to tell you, fiber is literally, you're looking for the magic pill, it's fiber, And barely, how many Americans do you think get the daily recommended allotment of fiber? How many Americans, give me a percentage, do you think get the recommended daily intake of fiber per day? I'll wait. You you take a guess. Yell it out loud. Even if you're out walking right now, yell it out loud. Okay. 
7%. I know. I know. It's bananas. All right. So, and uh, I know I keep saying this, but I am going to do a future episode all about fiber. We're going we're gonna to ride the fiber train together, you and I. But for today, let me just say this. Fiber has a ton of benefits. I feel like every time I turn around, the research shows, and here's yet another benefit of fiber. It's a lot. But the big thing I want to talk about today is the impact of fiber on your overall health, yes, but specifically on your blood sugar. So remember what we said in number one, the mistake number one, with the grazing and the impact it has on your blood sugar. It's this constant hit to the blood sugar. And then I explained when your blood sugar is elevated and insulin comes, until insulin gets back down to balance, you can't tap into fat as fuel. So fiber, I want you to think of it, it doesn't stop your blood sugar from rising, but it's almost like a net, like a buffer, think of it. So when you eat carbohydrates that have a good amount of fiber, rather than your blood sugar skyrocketing super high when we eat refined carbs, right? Things that have barely any fiber. So think, you know, bread, donuts, cookies. Your blood sugar is going to go whoop, sky high. You like that sound effect? Now, when you eat carbohydrates that are fiber rich, it acts as a buffer. So your blood sugar doesn't go up so high, which means less insulin. And less insulin means that your insulin levels return back to balance much, much sooner. Make sense? So fiber, it's important for digestion. It feeds the healthy gut bacteria, which is a big deal. Um, It also helps to keep the hormones nice and balanced that are responsible for telling your body that you're full. So there's two hormones, leptin and ghrelin, and one tells you that you've had enough to eat, stop eating, and the other one is responsible for triggering cravings and hunger, and we really want to give those two hormones love. Fiber helps to do that. Now, common challenges and barriers to getting enough fiber. I'm not going to lie, Rever. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pull the wool over your eyes here. It can be difficult to get enough fiber. You you got to make an effort. The good news is, though, once you get into a rhythm and you start to realize what are fiber rich foods, you're making a habit of incorporating them into your diet. Then you're golden. But I will tell you this, my two favorite high fiber foods that I love so much, let me tell you what they are. Number one is avocado. Avocado is fantastic because it's very high in fiber, but it's also a healthy fat. It's so good for you. So avocado is a fantastic source to include in your diet. My other favorite fiber-rich food is raspberries. 
Oh, they're amazing. Here, let, let's just sing the praise of raspberries right now. First of all, there's eight grams of fiber in one cup of raspberries. That's a lot of fiber in a cup for a cup. That's only like 30 or 40 calories. It's low sugar. I mean, raspberries go crazy with them. Now, chia seeds is something else that I like to incorporate in my diet. You can throw them in a smoothie. I like to stir mine into Greek yogurt. Um, you're probably thinking, how much fiber am I supposed to have each day? So let me, let me mention that to you too. So for women, you want to shoot for about 24 to 26 grams per day. So do the math. That's about eight grams per meal. If you eat three times a day, a cup of raspberries. There you go. There's your eight grams. For men, you really want more like 38. Um, and, and men are a tough one. They're, they're a tough nut to crack because most men are a little light on the fiber. Now, broccoli is a great source of fiber. Lentils are a fantastic source of fiber. Black beans. Um, now, I want to mention, if you're trying to control your starch intake, just remember lentils and black beans are also going to be a starch source. However, they're so high in fiber that I think even if you're trying to be lower starch, I still think that they're really worth it. All right. So are you going to ride the fiber train? Are you getting on that fiber train? I want you to try to have fiber in every single meal. Do not, do not skip the fiber. Start to think of what are some fiber sources that I can keep on hand that I can throw into meals. And again, raspberries and avocado. That's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Let's move on to mistake numero three. And that is inadequate protein consumption. I sound so official, don't I, when I say that? Not eating enough protein. Oy, this is a big one. And again, I get it. It's not super easy, but listen, with these things, the best plan of action is conquer one meal at a time. So I would pick either breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and you decide I am going to work on my fiber and protein for, let's say, breakfast, right? That's what you're going to really work on nailing. Once you feel like you've got your fiber and protein for that one meal where it should be, and you're in a rhythm, now let's start to add on, okay, now I'm going to start to also have lunch, enough protein and fiber. Baby steps. Baby steps equal big changes. You don't need to go from zero to 60 overnight. So protein, let's dig into this. It is so important. It's so effing important for you to get enough protein. And I don't have the stats offhand, but I guarantee you that most, most people, especially women, are not getting enough protein. It becomes more and more important as we age. Let me explain. I'm going to talk about the role of protein when it comes to your health and metabolism and your overall health. And I'm going to talk about why, as we age, we need even more protein than we did back, let's say, in our 20s. So you got to just think very simply, and you guessed it, will I do an episode on protein? Of course I will. My little cutie patootie, I will. But for now, 
just think of protein as the building blocks of your, of your muscle, of your lean muscle mass. So I'm asking you to build me a house. Can you build me a house? And you're going to say, sure. Where's the nails? Where's the wood? Where's all the materials I need? Okay, that is what your body is asking you for when it comes to protein. You cannot expect your body to build and maintain lean muscle mass if you're not giving it the tools it needs to build the muscle with. I hope that makes sense. So when it comes to your metabolism, lean muscle, the more lean muscle you have, the more calories your body needs in order to function. So this is a great, a great technique. Rather than dieting and keep reducing your calories, if you build lean muscle, your body is actually going to need more calories. And so think of Pac-Man. That's what I want you to think of your lean muscle as. It's very hungry. The more you have, it's eating those power pellets, right? That is your lean muscle. So you got to give your body, again, the tools it needs to support the growth and the maintenance of lean muscle. And let me tell you one more thing when it comes to lean muscle, because there's a lot of misconceptions especially with women that are afraid of bulking up. Lean muscle does not make you bulky. Those women that you see that are big buff chicks, that doesn't happen on accident. Rever, that is a full-time job. Those people really know what they're doing. It's very hard to bulk up. They spend hours in the gym and they eat a ton of food. So do not be afraid of accidentally getting bulky. It's not going to happen. Lean muscle is intrinsically linked to longevity. In fact, people with less lean muscle mass have a higher risk of all-cause mortality. What is all-cause mortality? It just means, you know, death pretty much by any way there is, right? Cancer, diabetes, heart disease. So across the board, all cause mortality, meaning all the different causes of death, if you have less lean muscle mass, your risk of all cause mortality goes way up. So the point I'm trying to make here is that we really need to remember the importance of protein for our bodies to build lean muscle. And again, it can't do it if you're not giving your body the protein it needs. Especially if you're going to the gym and you're working out a lot and you're wondering, why am I doing all these workouts and I'm not seeing results? Well, number one, if you're lifting weights and you're not eating enough food and you're not eating enough protein, your body doesn't have the tools it needs to build the lean muscle. So let's talk about how much lean, I'm sorry, not lean muscle, how much protein and why we need more as we age. Now, when your body takes the protein that you eat and turns it into muscle, that function is something called protein synthesis. And again, I'm oversimplifying it, but 
Basically, that's what it, what it is. You eat protein, protein synthesis happens so that your body can build lean muscle. Protein synthesis, as we age, our body gets less efficient at protein synthesis. So a child, per, let's say, could probably eat like six or seven grams of protein and have protein synthesis happen. But us people over 40, it's going to take a lot more to get the protein synthesis engine running. We're going to, I'm going to say, and obviously, you know, everybody's different, but I would aim for at least 25 to 30 grams, and you want that in one sitting. You can't get the engine revved up if you're spreading that out. You need it all in one sitting to get the engine, protein synthesis going, all right? Now, the best, we're most efficient at protein synthesis in the AM hours. So you really, really want to get that heavy protein breakfast in, which is pretty funny because what do most Americans eat for breakfast? Definitely not protein-rich breakfast. Am I right? So here's the big takeaway. You want to make sure you're getting enough protein at every single meal. Let's aim for 25 to 30 grams per meal at least. And in the mornings, I would even say go for 40 to 50 grams of protein. Get that protein synthesis going. Build some lean muscle. Now, back in the day, we thought anything over 20 grams of protein at once, it was a waste. Like your body couldn't use more than 20 grams of protein at once. Well, now we know that's not true. It's more like you can go up to about 60 grams of protein in one sitting. Big difference. So how many grams of protein overall should you have in a day? Well, this widely, widely varies. The, the goal that I usually tell people is, what is your ideal weight? So not, not what do you weigh, but what is your ideal weight? What, and, and we're talking in pounds here. So if you wanna weigh, let's say 150 pounds, then that's how many grams of protein you would have in a day. So 150 grams of protein. And then you just divide it over the course of your meals. So now here's where when we talked about snacking. This could become a little bit of a problem because you're like, well, you know, say, say I, my ideal weight is, let's say, 200 pounds. I'm supposed to divide 200 by three. I'm supposed to eat almost 70 grams of protein at each meal. So if this is you, and you're like, listen, I can't eat that much protein in one meal, what I would suggest is this. Let's say, let's go back to the 150 grams of protein. I would say, split that up over the course of three meals, plus what I call a protein pump. And that is simply this. You take some protein powder, which one scoop is generally 20 grams of protein, with some unsweetened almond milk and pour it in there, some cold unsweetened almond milk, shake it like you mean it, and pound it. So you, now let's say that you do 20 to 30 grams in that protein shake, minus 150, right? Now you're left with, let's say, 120 grams. So you got to divide that within those three meals. So if you're doing 40 to 50 grams at breakfast, then you've got let's say maybe 30 grams at lunch and 40 grams at dinner. I don't know if my math is exactly right, but you get what I'm saying. That's how you want to work that, all right? Um, sources like chicken, 
turkey, beef, those are very, very high in protein. Um, also, you know, you've got nuts and seeds. If you're a vegan, you're going to be, it's a lot harder to get adequate protein, but you know, you can go to soy, soy products, just the less processed, the better. So, you know, tofu, edamame, tempeh. Um, but yeah, the lean protein is, is great. Greek yogurt, fish. And again, now I'm back off the vegan train. So sorry, I wasn't suggesting that for my vegan revers. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what we want to do. I'm really, really begging you to work on these things. So let me just really quickly recap the three nutrition mistakes that I see often. Snacking, not riding the fiber train, meaning not getting enough fiber, and not eating enough protein. Of course, again, I need you to remember that one size does not fit all. You got to consider your individual needs and then adapt these recommendations to you and your lifestyle. Okay, listen, I'm so excited for future episodes coming up. Um, the next one that we're going to be releasing is what are the type of workouts you should be doing if your goal is to be lean? So body composition goals, when you want to actually change the shape of your body, I'm going to explain to you what workouts to do and how to prioritize what workouts you should be doing. Um, I also would love it if you have any suggestions or ideas of what you would like to see in a future episode, please send them to me. I have all these things linked up down in the show notes, linked to Instagram. I, lo I love me some Instagram if you want to follow me there. Um, my email's below if you want to shoot me an email. And again, if you want to go download that quiz, is your metabolism out of sync? You can find the link in the show notes or just go to stressmonkey.com slash quiz and that is monkey, E-E, -E, rather than E-Y. All right, Rever, I love hanging out with you. If you haven't gone for your walk yet, go do it. Remember, this is our jam every week. Listen to this podcast while you're going on your walk. I love walking with you. All right, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I will see you in our next podcast episode of Rev Metabolism. Bye for now, Rever.